business time in the World Cup. We're inching closer to the final match day. Eric Alcantar, Emmett McConnell. Hello. American Soccer Show. All things World Cup. I think we've had one of the more exciting starts to the tournament in quite some time. And I'm not just saying that. There has not been a single 0-0 game this whole tournament. Where do you stand on that? The sign of the times or just... A very massive coincidence. Can we blame it on the ball? I mean, I would try to blame it on the ball, but that sounds no. like more of a baseball thing. Yeah, um, which is true, by the way. I knew that conspiracy was true. What? I knew it. Wait, oh, it, it, the baseballs. You no, know, it's true, right? The baseballs are wound yeah. tighter. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I knew, knew it. I knew. I knew it wasn't just. That's some why crazy Gary conspiracy. Sanchez has ten hits this year, and they're all home runs. Uh, speaking of which, what's Bryce Harper doing? Oh wait, hold on. Let's backtrack a little bit. Are you doing the American baseball show? No. Or are we doing the American soccer? The American show? baseball show would never. Bryce sell. Harper, I know, hit a double off of my Nick Pavetta day. The abs show would never work. I think we should start this one over. The abs show? Yeah, no one wants to listen to the abs show. They want to listen to the soccer show. Well, we're on to the soccer show then. So we have Group A. We're gonna just go through each of them, kind of talk about where they are now through two match days, and talk about where everything is going to be when all is said and done because believe it or not we are almost at the end of the group stage group stage matches will conclude on thursday quadruple headers every single day this week other than friday are you excited to watch two matches at once now i am simultaneous so kickoffs? excited because uh as some of our listeners may or may not know you and i graduated this past weekend Oh, and it was boy. yeah so you know congratulations to us yeah but well don't get too ahead of yourselves it was um i wasn't able to watch as much world cup because of it i actually had my phone <laughs> streaming the uh, germany sweden game in my lap during our convocation but that's a story for a different time uh so we're starting out with uh this uh monday tomorrow yeah we'll have the a gluttony of games from groups A and B. Kingdom of Saudi Arabia taking on Egypt in the toilet bowl. Oh my god, who wants it last? Who doesn't want to finish in last? Uh, good news for Egypt, a draw makes them third. So good for them. Uh, Uruguay, Russia at the same time. This is uh, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 o'clock uh, Western time. Russia versus Uruguay. Uh, chance to finish first in that group of, uh, as we said, the easiest group. Yeah. And then later that day, the uh, Iran takes on Portugal and Spain against Morocco. Morocco already out. Um, so three teams in that one still have a chance to qualify, whereas Uruguay and Russia are already through in Group A. Yeah, so we'll, let's uh, let's go to Group A here just because I wanted to uh, – I guess I, I wanted to give some credit for Russia. I know we kind of did the last time when we talked about it because match day two in that group had already happened, but it's – it's fascinating to me that Russia is one good result away from winning this group. And, I mean, you look at the goal difference, it's actually not even really close. Russia is plus seven, Uruguay is plus two. Now, Uruguay is really not built to blow anybody out. But if you told me at the beginning of the tournament, I would have told you Russia is not even built to blow the Solomon Islands out. So, the fact Hold. that... Hey, hey, I'm just saying, the way they looked beforehand, it was just disgusting. I'm watching Icarus right now, maybe... Maybe I should try to keep that out of it. Maybe there's something going involved there while they're getting all these wins. I would but, say I should leave my fantasy baseball out of it, and I will after this. But Bryce Harper just scored a run an hour even on runs this week. Oh, uh, so you keep going back to the abs show. <sighs> That's a show for another day. It is. Um, so Russia tie puts them through here. I do want to mention that Russia has more goals in their first two games than Spain had in their entirety of their World Cup winning campaign in 2010. Huh. So Who would have thought? 
already a good start for Russia. Vladimir Putin won't have to uh, send anybody on trial that they can't win. Hey, let's not get there yet, because this is really their first real challenge of the tournament. True, this will be interesting. I, I am looking forward to it more so, not not because of the stakes. I don't I don't know that it particularly matters, because even if, you, you know, winning the group or whatever, whatever pride comes with that, you're probably getting Spain or Portugal. I mean, there's no clear way to tell which one you're going to get. Yeah, so you finish first, you might get Spain. You don't even know, we don't even honestly know which one you want. I think you'd rather play Portugal. Uh, we keep saying that though, but, and then like the yeah. people end up playing Portugal and losing. I know it's. I mean, so again, this is European champions Portugal. Yeah. Like, uh, we we say that only because Spain is kind of a dominant team; they control possession. But that doesn't mean they're unbeatable by any stretch of the imagination. It doesn't mean that Portugal is, you know, a, a breeze in the park. So I don't think it really matters who finishes where. I do think that each team will be trying to finish first. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, not just a pride thing, but it, you know. It looks good, right? And, you know, Russia, for all intents and purposes, would you agree with me if I said that winning the group would make this tournament a success for them, regardless of what happens in the round of 16? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, I do think that you'd have to wait and see, because if they do go into the round of 16 and play whoever gets through between Iran, uh, Spain, and Portugal, and they get crushed, and they won't go down to a negative goal difference somehow, I'd say... It hasn't been a success because that would be an embarrassing way to go out. I think you look at Brazil uh, in the last World Cup, just kind of the semifinals is a, a great feat, but losing like that to Germany, it, it embarrassing. Yikes. So yeah, no kidding on that. That is definitely true. The only other note I had, I think, before we move on to Group B, it was more of an Egypt thing. Rumors circulating that Mohamed Salah threatening to quit the Egypt national team. Now I, I am given to understand there are more elaborate reasons than just he's mad at the way the team's playing or he's mad that his teammates were complete garbage during this tournament but uh i would just like to mention that i would prefer this not become a thing where the star player of a national team just decides that he's done and wants to quit when things aren't going well because i saw Messi do it and it was you know i was i was kind of okay with it but if we if this becomes a trend i'm not gonna start liking it we can't have players quitting the team every time something just doesn't go their way. I mean, there's supposed to be some sort of sense of pride of playing with your country. I kind of see it. I don't know the details about what happened with Salah, but with Argentina and Messi, the federation there is a big old pile of poo. Uh, You know, excuse my language. Gosh. I got to keep it clean. I know, right? The iTunes people are not going to be happy, or the Google Podcast people. I'm given to understand there's standards there, too. So, um, but, but there's like a lot of, you know, uh, attrition and a lot of frustration going on, a lot of corruption. So that one makes more sense. I, I don't know with Salah again, but if I'm guessing most of these federations are pretty corrupt. So just kind of saying that's the only reason you can leave is, I don't know. It's, it's not enough for me. I mean, play for your country. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right. So then Group B, as you mentioned, Spain and Portugal are currently tied up top with four points. Iran right behind them with three. Morocco at zero. So interestingly enough, right now, if the group ended in this moment, we would have to decide the group on fair play points. And if you're not familiar with that, we kind of talked about it on the last one, but it's basically just like a a number total assigned per yellow and per red card. And whoever's number is like lower is the better fair play score and thus gets the higher position in the standings. This isn't that big of a deal in the sense that Spain and Portugal will probably be going through if that has to be used. Because it's not like if it were two and three, 
where two and three is the difference between going to the knockout stages and getting knocked out. Still, that said, that's also the difference between playing Uruguay and playing Russia. And even though it's Russia at home, the same doesn't hold true what we said about Group A. If you're Group B, you probably want to try and avoid Uruguay because you know Uruguay is going to grind you out. I don't think you want to play any team all things being all things considered as weird as that sounds you don't want to play anybody so you, you want to go home huh you want to you were done here just but, give up i mean i'm i'm okay with that just forfeiting the round of 16 and saying nope we're not playing anybody but but here's what i mean with this uh, i think uruguay on one side is never easy great i think through the middle they're pretty strong uh, center backs and center forwards, basically. That's what that's what they are, and they're not going to make any games easy. They're going to defend. Not going to beat themselves, that's for sure. Yeah. Russia, at the same time, hasn't shown us any weaknesses. We'd have to wait and see. Yeah, but they've also played two teams that I wouldn't exactly consider very strong at this point. I, I see what you're saying, right? Like, if you, you don't want to go against Russia right now because they are on fire. And they're the hosts. And they're the hosts, so they're gonna, there's no reason to think that their momentum is not going to carry over. But I think, that, I think that Portugal and Spain, if they had their pick, would take Russia... Because I, 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 there are weaknesses in that side, at least I, I would think so. I haven't seen them actually like have too much uh, attack put on them, right? You know, we saw Saudi Arabia try to control possession of that game, and I mean, it just backfired tremendously. They were down like three nothing at the blink of an eye because they couldn't hold on to the ball when they were trying to pass it around. Egypt did expose them a little bit in that second game, I thought, towards the end. And it made me – I mentioned in the last one, I mentioned why, why did Egypt wait so long to take the game to Russia? In the end, I think it kind of showed me that I think they're a little bit vulnerable back there, and it's what I said coming into the tournament. I'm not sure they're so great defensively. I think they had enough of a lead. They weren't really too worried about it. I'm looking through some brackets right now, um, specifically for Group B. The difference between finish, as it stands now, with the way things are uh, wrapping up, uh, you're better off in Group B to finish in first. Just looking in terms of teams, um, if you finish... Um, if you're finishing second in Group B, you know, say Russia moves in first, your first game is against Russia. Okay, not easy, but expected to go through. But then you're likely going to have to play France in the next game, and then either Brazil or Germany in the next, <laughs> given that Germany uh, is finishing second in their group with Mexico, assuming that right now. So, I mean, this is a side of the bracket where if the, if it finished right now the way it is, you would have France, Brazil... Germany, Belgium, in your side of the bracket. Not ideal. I see what you're saying, though. I have to say this: I'm with you. Like round of 16 matchups, I definitely want to try to get the best one I can. But after that point, I kind of get to the point where I mean, you're gonna have to play a good team eventually, right? I mean, you're not gonna get to the World Cup final usually without having played somebody. Absolutely. By the time you get to the final, for sure, you've been tested. But I'm but I'm looking at this other side of the bracket. So say Spain finishes first here and they get up against Uruguay, (laughs) then. I'm looking at chances are they're gonna have to play um, Croatia, who's winning their group. Say they beat Denmark, so and then you're gonna have either one of Mexico, uh, if Mexico finishes first, Switzerland. Let's or, hope so. Yeah, I'm doing that for your sake. Switzerland or Serbia, or Colombia or England. I just it's it seems like a weaker yeah. side of the bracket to I me. See, I see. And that's if it finishes this way. No guarantee. England could finish ahead of Belgium. Mexico could finish below Germany. These are things that could happen. Um, but I, there is enough of a difference that you're going to want to finish in first in that group. However, um, I think we're giving Portugal and Spain too much credit because Portugal does have to get a result against Iran. Yeah, you know what? 
and I, I keep wanting not to repeat myself, but yeah, Iran has not been bad in this tournament. They haven't been good either. They haven't been good, but I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. You don't have to be good to get results sometimes. Look, all it takes is Iran having a good, solid performance for 75 minutes, getting to go on the counter, and all of a sudden Portugal's looking on the outside. And that's that's pressure. You know, that's huge. That's huge because you know Morocco doesn't really have that. Morocco's at this point they're only playing for their own pride. But they're, imagine you're Morocco. If you win here, you could be knocking out Spain. You could knock out Spain. That's the other thing. You could very well knock out Spain. And the only, uh, but to be fair, the way that works, given about yellow cards right now, is that Morocco would have to beat Spain by more than Iran beats Portugal. Because I don't think Iran could go through with just a tie if Spain. It, things would have to go their way. No, they'd have to. Somebody, somebody above them would have to get a pretty decent amount of goal. Well, only two. They don't have to lose two nothing. Basically, Iran could tie, get to four points. Their goal difference is at zero. Uh, let's say Morocco beats Spain two nothing. I mean, that seems very unlikely given Morocco have shown very little pension for putting the ball in the back of the net, despite but, good attack. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's all there. Uh, it's it's going to be really interesting. I think this is this is going to be a lot of, a lot of fun. You know, we have we have uh, the morning session of games in Group A that will be kind of you know it's it's kind of it, it's not a meaningless game between Uruguay and Russia by any means, but at the same time. All, all that much isn't really that much at stake. It's, it's it's more. This is like a celebratory game for um, Saudi Arabia and Egypt. It's playing for national pride. They know they're not going to go through, but you know, at least get one win at the World Cup. Uruguay and Russia. It's going to be you know, loser doesn't really lose that much, but you know, they're both going to be celebrating the fact that they're through. Right, and it's so then on the other consolation side, game basically. So on the other side, then you have two games that mean everything because even though Morocco are out. Their game against Spain matters very much for Spain. Spain trying to win the group. Spain trying to stay in it, first and foremost. Any result will do for them. Any result will do for Portugal. So, And I, I, you know, I mean, we haven't seen a game where Morocco has had the game taken to them yet. Spain is a team that's going to want to see a lot of the ball. We'll see how Morocco deals with it. Maybe them hitting on the counter is going to be more effective. Perhaps. So then we move on to Group C. C for counter, which has been very big in this World Cup, counterattacks. Yeah, I mean... Uh, you know, we've talked about it. The teams, there's always a disparity between teams. The the smaller ones, and even if they're not that much smaller, they're going to sit back and defend and try to break on the counter, get some set pieces. Um, the, though in this group, I would say Peru and France haven't exactly been teams that sit back and counter. However, we've seen two completely different types of results from those two teams. Yeah, Peru, unfortunately for them, you want to talk about not being able to put the ball in the back of the net. Oof. Peru... Again, is it a pretty good tournament, all things considered, when you don't factor in the fact that they just can't seem to score. Haven't scored at all in their two games. And when you can't score, you don't tend to get too far. And so we're left with a scenario where Australia are still in it. Australia can still advance to the round of 16 if they can get a win, and Denmark loses to France. France is at six points right now. Denmark with four, Australia with one. So I don't think it's too crazy to think that France beats Denmark. Beats Denmark, despite the fact that they haven't been completely convincing. But two wins is two wins, right? You know, you can't you can't knock that too much. Um, they would have to make up a two goal difference, which would potentially mean a win, a one thing, nothing win on either I was side. I say they have to win. They have to win. So that kind of takes care of itself when you consider that they have to win and Denmark has to lose. So the goal difference will have will be even at that point. And is it goals for or goals allowed that's next? I think it's goals for to promote attacking soccer. Well, assuming then that Australia wins 
and then Denmark loses and doesn't score, Australia would be through because they currently both have scored two goals. But <laughs> I can't believe I'm talking about a world where Australia. Now, I, we're re- I'm reaching a little bit because I, I don't think Australia has what it takes to be Peru, even a Peru side that knows they're out. I, I think per- Peru, I mean, that's the fans are into it. The players, I think, are going to be up for it, even though they know they're out. They're going to be up for it. They haven't been in for a while. Of pride. Yeah, this is not, a, not not just like the normal pride we're always talking about, but I think like there there are going to be some players in that team that are going to legitimately be angry that they're out because they will probably feel they deserve better. Yeah, and than I think what they've got here. I don't think they're just going to keel over for this one. Uh, I kind of see that Egypt Saudi Arabia game as being one where both teams really just don't care. Yeah, especially with um, all the talk about Salah. It's honestly, I think it's very possible Salah doesn't even play because you know his injury. I, I don't imagine is 100% healed, and it may just be the decision may be made to have Salah not play a full 90. And if Salah doesn't play, we've seen that it is very difficult to get anything out of that Egyptian side going forward. Yeah, um, but you know, I, I do think France is going to finish first here. A Denmark win would vault them over France, which is possible. Uh, Denmark has, um, you know, had a had a knack. They've gotten goals in both their games. I think they do have some ability to get stuff out of Christensen, Pione Sisto on the wing, and Yusuf Poulsen on the other wing. Chance to maybe hit France for a counter, but um, at this point, it, I would say, it, barring anything crazy, we're going to see France first, Denmark second, but it is a World Cup. Crazy things happen, so That's true. don't want to get too ahead of myself with that. Yeah, so Group D, Group D for defense, which has not existed. Is this uh, going to be a motif in this, uh, in this episode? I'm well, If I could come up with one for every group, sure. But I also skipped A and B. So and If you want that. me to ramble before the next one. Well, so I, could, I, could have said, I could have said Group A for average, that's for sure. That's when a good you, one. When you average out the teams, they are just average. Group, and group, group B for bountiful goals. Plenty of goals scored in that one. You're on a roll. Let's keep I'm it up. killing it. So, yeah. No, so, Croatia, the last time we talked, Croatia had just gotten done absolutely housing Argentina. It wasn't close. It was a three nothing game that, admittedly, was probably a lot closer for about sixty minutes before Willy Caballero decided to go into business for himself and try to chip a ball over a defender, which I'm sure Emmett has done a hundred times before. But apparently, Willy Caballero can't do at it's, a World it's Cup. It's an easier technique than you than you think. It looks like it should be tough, but it's <laughs> it's it's sad. It, I feel so bad for him now. Now, now my time of like hatred and blame has come to an end. I feel I feel really bad for him because the stages of grief. Yeah, five he, stages of grief. Yeah, he's done acceptance he is so done they're gonna put anyone else in there i think for this one it's gonna be, have to be guzman right i just I, I blame i blame everybody i blame them i blame the argentine federation for not taking marchesine from club america i blame them for <laughs> i blame them for sergio romero's injury clearly blame them for willie caballero also but now let's not get too ahead of ourselves with argentina here yeah i cannot believe they're still in it and i believe it's our first group where everyone is still in it yes um Though Croatia is guaranteed to go through, right? Every yeah, Croatia uh, still. I do want to mention that I think before the tournament came in, myself and maybe some other people kind of thought, "Oh, Croatia hasn't done it yet. They've improved it. I don't think they can do it." That was me. That was me as well. <laughs> After seeing those two games, I'm more in the boat of is Argentina and uh, Iceland. Who, who are they played? Nigeria and uh, Argentina. Yeah. Are they bad or is Croatia just that good? Is Croatia that good? I mean, I, I called the Nigeria attack impotent when they played Croatia the first time. I'm going to take that back. Nigeria, I'm sorry. 
after seeing them take down Iceland. I'm so glad. I'm so glad they did that because I tell you what, if they had played Iceland to like a zero-zero draw or like lost one nil. I probably would have like had to hide in shame because if you remember, I actually took Nigeria to finish second in this group. That pick's not look that was that pick was not looking good after they got absolutely beaten down by Croatia. But thankfully, their win against Iceland has put it into a more probable position that I could have ever imagined coming in. Now that said, things are really interesting here, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pose a question to you, and I want to see how you're gonna answer it. If Argentina pull this out because they'd have to win, and they'd have to. I guess they'd have to just hope that if Iceland also wins, that the goal difference works out in their favor. I, I don't. Uh, let's not get too far down the rabbit hole just yet. But if Argentina do go through, if they pull it off. If they if they defy all odds, if they if I, there's rumors that the players are making this next lineup. I'm not sure I believe that, but that, you know whatever. That's where we are, right? That there's total anarchy in the Argentina camp now. If they pull it off, will they have deserved it? Yes. Because it's getting like I, I I always struggle when people are like oh they didn't deserve it. I say well yeah but they got the result that they like they got like someone would say oh Panama didn't deserve it well guess what they're there and we're not you just, I, you get that you deserve it it's just you, you have to get the results you needed so so let's look at it right so say Argentina win and let's say Iceland pull out a draw right what we'll be looking at is Croatia with two wins and a draw Nigeria with a win and two losses. Iceland with two draws and a loss, and Argentina with a win, a draw, and a loss. Just because they t- wait until the last match day to do it, I don't think takes away anything, any deservedness from this. If That's Argentina fair. had played Nigeria in the first game and won, and then they came and they played Iceland in the second game and drew, would we be having the same conversation? No, timing is everything. I mean, uh, they'd have four points and they'd be in a pole position to go through. I don't know if he like started this. Far be it from me to you know give him that credit, but you know White Sox baseball commentator Carl Carlson once said something that really resonated with me. It's not who you play, it's when you play them. And the reality is, playing Croatia in that first in that second game when they not only got they got their legs underneath them after their first match against Nigeria, they were able to kind of get those pre those pre tournament jitters out of the way. They came in and absolutely stormed Argentina. Would this result have been the same if they got to play each other on the last match day? Would it have been the same if they got to play each other the first? We'll never really know. But I do I do like your your thought there that all that really matters is that here we are. Argentina just need to beat Nigeria for a shot and a pretty good shot I have to say. Now, that said, can they win? Now, well, that's that's yeah. I think it's There's a bit can here. you believe we're saying that at the World Cup we are asking if Nigeria if Argentina can actually beat Nigeria. I still have faith in this team. I mean, they can. I don't I, I still think they're one of the better teams in the tournament. Uh, if they played their better, their best lineup. <laughs> well, no, that's not possible given the best striker is sitting at home. I can't believe the you're best right. goalkeeper is sitting at home. I can't believe you keep pulling back that Icardi. He's not their best striker. Dybala is not going to start, so that's not going to work. Their best eleven isn't going to be out there because all, they, they simply refuse to have it out there. All I want is Aver Benega to play to be starting in the midfield. The guy's proven that that's, time and again. Dude, that's where you're gonna. That's your hill to die on, Benega. I mean, there's many other ones. Listen, I think the midfield should be Benega, Bilia, and uh, Di Maria. <sighs> Messi on one wing. Oof. Di Maria in the midfield? That's bold. That's when he had his best time at Real Madrid. I mean, I'm done. His most successful years were in the midfield. I'm, yeah. His most, where's his most success for Argentina? Because lately, I'm not even... I think it, as a water boy, he's been struggling. I mean, okay, so let's kind of go like... 
if I were really to set up this Argentina team myself, you're right. Okay, I would put um, Higuain or Aguero up top. Doesn't matter, but one of them. <coughs> Cardi. Okay. Yeah. I'd play Messi underneath. Okay, fair. I'm with you there. And then I play three man midfield. Okay. With, um, like I said, Benega, Di Maria, and Bilia. No love for Lacelso, huh? Lacelso, I'd be glad to see him in there, but this is just how I, I'm setting it up. Okay. Play no Mascherano either. Mascherano at center back. Oh, okay. Let okay. me get there. Then, um, on the right, we'll play uh, Salvio. He's been playing on the right. Uh, right? Right? <laughs> I hope so. Um, and then, <laughs> on the uh, at le- kind of like a left wing back position, we'll say Taliafico or Ansaldi. It doesn't, honestly, it doesn't matter to me at this point. And then the back three with Otamendi, um, Mascarano, and Rojo. Oh, and it would, we would play I'm, the Johan Croy formation I'm gonna, with, a, with a diamond midfield where your right winger, Salvio, is kind of like a, a almost like a wing back. Okay. With Taliafico on the other side, three in the back, diamond midfield with Messi on top and a striker. I, I'm... I would win the I would win a World Cup like that. I mean, hey, far be it from me to argue with you, but there is one thing I want to mention, and I've been calling for this man for quite a while now. No love for Fazio. You, you, uh, I cannot believe he actually did a back three. He put three center backs out there, didn't even use Mascherano in it, and then still didn't use Fazio. That to me was absurd. Listen, I'm with you. I then the, why didn't you start him? Why I didn't start him? Yeah, because I want a left-footed center back on the left. I'd want Mascarano in the middle as my ball-playing center back, and Otamendi on the right. I think Mascarano might actually not be fast enough for that. I th- honestly, I gotta tell you the truth. Well, that's the point of the, mi- the the point of that center. I know defender I know, is I they know. don't need pace because they have people who can cover them on either side. I, I legitimately don't think he is. I that's I when the tournament started, I actually thought if they're gonna do a back three, he makes sense for the middle. After seeing him play that center defensive mid, I don't know, man. He might not be like. It might be time for. Get him out of there because I think that having him on the field is actually doing a lot more detriment than it's doing good because I think that his name value right we have you know you know when we talk about like um, Falcao back when he was having his struggles in between these last two World Cups and his name always kind of carried a bit of you know attacking thunder with it but the reality was it was a pretty toothless attack when he was up there until he finally found himself again at Monaco. Alexander I think, Pato? Yeah. The same, the same. Oh, God. The same thing, I think, kind of goes with Mascherano. I think a lot of people associate him with very good defense and being able to cover for the defensive lines. Mistaken, rightfully so. He was a fantastic player for a long time and doing just that. I think now, though, you put his name on the team sheet and people might expect a little too much out of him. And I think it's hurting them because they see him in front of him and they think, oh, we're good. We can make, we can take some more chances. The reality is you can't because he can't cover as much ground as he used but, to. But here's the thing. I'm, I'm with you on that, but that's what Mascarano is a defensive midfielder. We haven't seen Mascarano in defensive mid in years playing for club. He's been, and I'll be, and granted, he hasn't been starting for Barcelona, but he's been playing. Def- he'd been a center back for them primarily in his more recent years. That's where I would put him. I think that's where he's most valuable. This Barcelona is what happens has, when you move to China. Barcelona has seen that. They've seen that. That's where he's his strongest. And fine, let's say. And but here's the point: is tactically a tight setup, but you could make a lot of changes in there. You could say, okay, Mascarano, you haven't proved anything to me. Let's put Fazio in there. You could say Taliafico. I don't know. I can't even pronounce your name. I don't know what you're doing out there. Let's put in Saldi out there. You say, okay, uh, midfield, Di Maria, you've been toothless. Let's put in Lo Celso. Aguero, let's switch you out for Higuain up top or, you know, if Icardi was there in your case. <laughs> it's. I think it's the tactics that aren't working. 
Well, and cl- uh, clearly, everything has just kind of. It's and, not the strongest midfield, but I, they should be able to. I, I applaud you for giving it a shot. I really do because I think I think that this team clearly needs a lot of changes. And by the way. I don't think Acuna is getting enough hate on the left-hand side. That dude has been absolutely absent throughout all of this. That man was playing left wing back in that last game, and I legitimately didn't even know he was on the field half the time. I don't think Acuna has earned a starting spot. I don't think Meza has earned a starting spot. Um, I think Pavone deserves a shout. Um, But those two guys, Acuna and Meza, I I I haven't seen anything. Even Taliafico. Maybe I'm not being fair because these aren't big European names. But and been, Enzo been, Perez, he's been, a European name. He wasn't been doing anything. Salvio's a European name. He hasn't been doing anything. Like they've been very average. A lot of these. That's the problem. Is that even okay, Argentina's be fair, no best, one's done anything. Well, Argentina's best players in this tournament have been just slightly above average. Yeah. And one more thing, I was presented with a stat that Messi has ran in that last game. He ran. He covered less distance than the goalkeepers. That is. A little disheartening. That's and now look. I here's the thing. I I get it to a certain extent. Like he must. He's got to be just like he, he's got to be done with a lot of it at this point. But that reflects really badly on him too. At some point, I've seen a lot of people. I even saw a Canadian talk show host. I I can't honestly don't remember his name or what he was talking about. He also referred to Brazilian Ronaldo as fat Ronaldo. So that was. Uh, bold. He reads too many online message I, boards. See, like I was, like I was saying, like okay, I guess, like between you and me, in a regular conversation, I guess I could do it. It still seems a little weird, but I, I could probably get away with it in a normal conversation. You're on air, on T. I'm assuming on television. You're really fat, Ronaldo. Not phenomeno. Not original, Ronaldo. Not Brazilian, Brazilian Ronaldo. Not older, Ronaldo. This is the guy who's like. This is literally the. This was like one of the best. one of the greatest players of all time. Fat Ronaldo, come on. The nerve. The nerve of some people. No, but anyway, I there. There's been a lot of talk about how you know is Messi is Messi overrated? Like, and I, I'm not ready to go that far. I think that's a little. These are people who just watch the World Cup and don't watch them anywhere else. I think I, I think there's been a lot said about like oh well the best players they could play with anybody. I think that's a little unfair. Because at some point, there's only so much Messi can do. The poor guy. I mean, he dragged yeah. them kicking at screen. You saw, you and I both saw that stat. Like it, they went like 600 days yep. in a competitive match, not having a goal scored or assisted by Messi. Like, I mean, what do you want him to do at certain points? So, and I, I know we've just spent the entirety of talking about Group D about and made it all about Messi and Argentina. But that's the talking point. That's the talk. That's but this whole group revolves around Argentina because if they don't show up against Nigeria on Tuesday, then Nigeria is probably going to go through. Nigeria's Nigeria is probably going to go through, and if not, you know, I they're one of the point. Croatia has already kind of come out and said that they're they're probably going to rotate some players, get get ready for the round of sixteen because I think they know deep down no one's catching them because the only way Nigeria could catch them is if they made up a five goal difference. Now Argentina are in shambles; they're not quite that bad. They're not no. getting caught, so it's really Croatia. It actually makes a lot of sense for them to get some guys out there that you would think maybe are you know fringe players that you might consider for the 11 in the future get them out there get them some world cup experience and more importantly get some people some minutes because if round of 16 you never know who you're going to need but let's talk about some of those guys who are fringe players we're talking about Mateo Kovacic we're talking about Milan Bedelli these are guys who you know are, are good starting midfielders these guys who I think absolutely deserve a chance and especially yeah. in a game like this now where again nothing is on the line for Croatia because the, the worst case scenario <laughs> they're going to finish first 
unless they get absolutely you know demolished, which I just don't see happening no. by Iceland of all people. No, I mean, like Vedran Shorluka, guy who hasn't played that much, who came on towards the end. Like Yerevai, like there's guys on this team who aren't getting a lot of time. I mean, Brozovic didn't even start the first game, and like this is you know starting midfielder for Inter Milan or gets consistent minutes. So even I think with them playing some backups, and again, it's not going to be like a fresh new eleven. It's not like we're going to say, oh, no, you the, haven't the, seen these guys is, yet. We're not giving the Juan Carlos Osorio treatment to. No, it's going to be like four, maybe four guys who are going to be who are going to be haven't seen time yet, yeah. or guys who come on as a sub. Uh, I still think Iceland's going to struggle with that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if Iceland are going to be able to pull this one out. I think this might be the end of the road for them. I, I guess. I guess it's time to kind of call it out here. I, I want to believe that Argentina are going to show up and that they're going to beat Nigeria, and that's that will probably be again enough because I, I just can't see Iceland turning around enough of a goal difference. Because if Argentina win, I don't see it being like a one nothing scrappy win. I think it would be a pretty dominant, like a three one victory or something. Iceland, on the other hand, probably if they win this game, at most it's a two nothing. So, and that's generous. That's generous. So the thing is, Argentina's goal difference is actually worse than Iceland's right now. Which I tell you what, if the tournament ends that way, you want to talk about a stat that no one would have ever predicted coming in. That does sort of favor Iceland, right? If they can win that game, even if it's one nothing, their goal difference goes up to negative one, and so Argentina would have to win their game by two. And that's not that's not a given, right? It's not a given Absolutely. that Argentina don't, especially like let's say they are up three one, and it's you know the, it's in the ninety second minute, and Nigeria are still pouncing away and get a goal. <laughs> Can you imagine getting eliminated like that? It's possible. It's entirely possible, and you don't know what's going on because the games are all simultaneous kickoffs. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what makes it exciting. Yep. I mean, I've believed in Argentina this whole tournament. Not running away now. I don't know. I'm not going to run away now. I'm going to stick with them. I still think they have what it takes to go through. But they haven't shown it yet, and this is their last chance. I think they have enough experience, they have enough talent that it's up to them. I think they it's, get it's it in their hands more than anyone else's hands in that group. Yeah. It's not in Croatia's hands. It's not in Nigeria. It's not in Iceland's. It's in Argentina. They're gonna fall apart. Uh, I mean, let's when, hope not. I don't want to see Maradona yeah. continue crying. <laughs> continue crying. Yeah. No. No. Nobody wants to see that. Uh, yeah, I think Argentina have what it takes. I think I do think they get the job done. And we can move on to having an interesting discussion about what could be coming up next. Finishing second in this group means they take on the winners of Group C, correct? Yeah, so that Which would put them... Which means France. France, Argentina. In the round of 16. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but oh. So that's... that's that, that could be fun. It could be Denmark if Denmark gets a win. Yeah. I think that's a Stop bit bold. my fun. Pushing it. I think it's France, Argentina. <laughs> which brings us to the point of if you finish second in your Portugal... In Group B, then you have to face the winner of France Argentina. After you face Russia, <laughs> that so, could be rough. Yeah, there so you go. it's there, there. You know, there's oh, no easy game there. And, and and again, not trying to you know talk about things that aren't officially happening. But boy, what a what a I think a match made in heaven right there. Two teams with players that are very clearly not uh not with their manager a hundred percent. Very clearly, some animosity in the camps. A lot of questions coming in about. Who's, whose team is it um, in the team, in the sense of France? And in Argentina's case, it's just who's going to help Messi? It's who wants it less? Is that oh, going to no, be that no, game? No, no, no. Both teams want Well, <laughs> France clearly want it. I guess I can't say the same about Argentina's players. But my point was more like the, the turmoil that kind of comes with both teams, the, the yeah. never-ending soap opera 
No, it, that it's, could be fun. It's it, for sure. It's gonna be a load of fun. Yeah. All right. So Group E, we have Brazil, Switzerland, Serbia, Costa Rica, Brazil, Switzerland on four points, Serbia on three. This could be this could be interesting because the way the results ended up, thanks to Switzerland's victory over Serbia, now there is a scenario out there where Brazil could still find themselves out at the group stage. Yeah, and by the way, what a win that was! That game was absolutely that was fantastic. That was fun to watch. Sweden. Sweden's proving why they were ranked Switzerland. sixth. What am I saying? Sweden? Yeah. Uh, it's sw- okay. Apparently, oh, here's a good one for you. Apparently, in Spanish, the word for Switzerland is Suecia, right? Okay. Oh, the Spanish Suiza. Suiza, right? Okay. It's for Switzerland. For Sweden, it's Suecia. So that's why I got it confused because I'm not because I'm a non-native Spanish speaker. No, no. The, the point of this was like I'm, I was trying to have a conversation with my dad, and he, I'm like, "What team are you talking about?" He's like, "I don't know. They're both Swiss or something." <laughs> so that's that's where they stand in the Spanish language. In case anyone was wondering, but yeah, that was that was a really fun game to watch, and I think that it's interesting. Poor, poor Costa Rica holding two game two games in a row, basically thinking they might get to the end with that nil nil draw that they're shooting for. And getting their hearts broken both times. And how big was that for Brazil? Getting two goals in stoppage time? Oh, yeah, big for them. You saw Neymar at the end of the game acting like he just won the World Cup with all that tears. I mean, again, not that many uh, teams have been that convincing. But, I mean, honestly, that's a win's a win. Yeah, you got to win. And Brazil's done it twice so far. Or, no, they drew no, they the first they, game, they, excuse me. Yeah. Um, they've done it once <laughs> against a toothless Costa Rica team, was... all things considered. Uh, off, at least offensively, so Ugh. not too much credit should be given, but I see them going through. They're playing a Serbian team that's going to be super physical. I mean, that Sweden game was a lot of fouls. Yeah. Neymar's already gone through two sets of socks that have gotten torn up, <laughs> so I'm, Brazil's going to have to ship another set out <laughs> Maybe that's him. why Neymar was crying. He's having like panic attacks on the field, wondering, oh my god, is anybody else going to come kind of kick me? He's going to have to get metal rods in place of his ankles. He might need to start wearing like shin guards, but like that wrap all the way around his foot. Like like ones that actually do something? Yeah, that would be that would be good. <laughs> um, so, Switzerland, I think a win against Serbia and a draw against Brazil is dream scenario for them in terms of going through. Um... Now they just have to go against Costa Rica. Nothing's definite yet, but I think that should be a win for them, and I think that should see them through. On the other side, I think Brazil has about it takes to beat this the Serbia team. Group E for entertaining soccer. There you go. You're still going. Yeah, I mean, I just I I again I can't I I can't foresee a situation where Serbia are actually able to beat Brazil. I think they'll tie. I honestly think they'll tie. I think Serbia will come very close and give them a, a good run for their money. I just don't think I, they have it in them to quite take them down. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for Serbia, that's not going to be enough. They, and Serbia have to win to get through. I mean... Uh, unless... I, I guess that's not true. Technically, they could tie, and then Costa Rica could... Come up with a win. Could win against Switzerland, because the goal difference is currently plus one for Switzerland and zero for Serbia. So it would take a, like a Costa Rica 2 nothing win to get it in their favor, which isn't going to happen because uh, Costa Rica, they, they're clearly done in turn. They, yeah. they, you can kind of see it on – it's going to be very hard for them to get up for that last game where two games in a row they had the game taken from them at the end. They could have had two points right now. Can you imagine if coming into this game Costa Rica had two points, Switzerland had three, Brazil had three? They would still be so in it. They had three, yeah. I mean, I think in the beginning we talked about Costa Rica in recent tournaments has been a bit of a spoiler. Uh, I mean, they came out of that group of death in the last one. 
But we did mention this isn't their year. They're gonna, people going to figure them out. And I they, don't know if it's as much as they were figured out as much as things. I think I, I think have to go your way. I was just going to say things have to go so so much your way when you're a team like Costa Rica that depends so heavily on your defense. I it's just such a hard act to pull off tournament after tournament, and they've been doing it so long that I just think that I think the Costa Rican team is about to head into a long transition phase because I don't yeah. know I, you know I don't know the Costa Rican uh, prospects too well, so I I don't know too much about them outside of their current core. You don't know about Diego Campos and the, the Chicago the Chicago Fire. I know plenty about him, and eventually we'll get back to MLS after we this boycott is over during the World Cup, but. Yeah, it's it's not looking it's not looking too promising at the moment. They're going to have to go through, I think, a bit of a rough patch before they're back to this point again. They've always kind of been around in Concacaf, so I don't think that they'll sink to the levels of like lowly Guatemala or no. But well, I do think that they're in for they're in for a bit of a, a rougher period, and they're I think their qualification for the next World Cup might be in question just based on how good their current crop is at keeping them propped up until the new ones can take over. Yeah, but, that's interesting. I I see where you're going with that. So, but that's the future for Costa Rica. The present is that they can try to play a little spoiler here and try to keep Switzerland out of the next round. I don't see them being able to do it. Switzerland has been Switzerland has scored all kinds of goals in this tournament. It's kind of it's, it's really impressive to see how they, you know, against both Brazil and Serbia as as daunting as the task seemed at certain points they went down in both games and still managed to turn them around with and it looked like the better team I think in both of them you know Brazil scored their goal after about 20 minutes of looking fantastic and then Switzerland the rest of the game was in control you turn around then to Serbia Serbia controlled the beginning of their game and it was more of an end-to-end game but still I, I Switzerland I thought had the better of the chances and after Serbia kind of gifted a few of them away were able to turn it all around yeah Swiss team has been exciting um they're I think they're just set up well. I mean, I, I know they, they've they been a little bit relying on Shakiri, who's kind of been that main guy that you sometimes need in those group stages to get, get you points. He had that breakaway goal at the end. Jaka in classic Jaka style with a long shot goal that I think the goal he was set for was saveable. He, he was still moving as it was being hit. Um, but, I yeah, they've been, they've been fun. I mean, I think there's some people coming into it Similarly with Poland, thinking, how is this team ranked so high in the ELO rankings? They were ranked sixth. It's crazy. Is it not just ELO? I've never heard of ELO. I like Electric Light Orchestra. Ooh, <laughs> it's a good band. Oh, okay. okay. Um, anyway, so this this has been a fun group. It's not over yet. Um, and we should be in for some for some fun. That sounds I, I like a, it. A good, fun last day. Good sell. Good sell, definitely. One other thing I wanted to at least broach, the Switzerland players using those uh the the poses with their hand the symbols with their hands basically what are they when doing they the from, the, from the hunger games what is that no they're doing like i think it was it was political in nature i know that it was against serbia like the country and there's there's talk now i don't know how real this is or if it would even ever be done during the world cup but there's talk that they could get suspended uh specifically i believe shakiri and Jaka would be for doing the celebration for doing for using the celebration with their hands like that. Uh, that would be something. I gotta say that would, seems like it would be pretty Harsh. bold on FIFA's part to do that during the World Cup. I think I actually could see them getting suspended, but not until after the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Suspending them for the September friendlies that I'm sure everyone's dying to play in at this point. Worth it. Oh, totally worth it. We move on to Group F. 
Mexico with six points, Germany and Sweden with three, South Korea with zero. Somehow, every team in this one's still in it, which means... Every team's still able to get knocked out, you mean? Yes, which Korea means... Korea cannot qualify. Somehow, some way... No, Korea could qualify. They could they? qualify. They, I think you're right if they beat Germany. Yeah, because if, if they beat Sweden. They beat, yeah, yeah, they could But this it. is a long shot. Well, that, that, you want to talk about a long shot, Germany getting beaten by South Korea. But here's the thing. I, so now, after having seen two Mexico matches, Juan Carlos Osorio is clearly a genius, and the, the memes in the Mexican community have been fantastic. Now they've been very wholesome during this time. I love wholesome. Wholesome memes are fantastic. So Juan Carlos Osorio right now is like they, they have like him like flapping his arms around like a bird on the sideline, and they've turned him into the symbol in the middle of the Mexican flag. He he looks fantastic. Looks majestic, honestly. Now this is the same man they wanted out. They were chanting his name out on the stadiums. They, you know, every blog you ever read about him and every comment section was about getting rid of Osorio. Now they're chanting the man's name. Suddenly he's a genius. And you might have been spot on when you said that he just did all those crazy to make everyone think he was an absolute madman. And when the time came, he absolutely showed up and gave the other team the business. So I got two ahead of ourselves here. They are not through yet. Well, I'm gonna I'm I'm doing this to illustrate the fickleness of Mexican fans because and myself maybe even included. Now I have maintained my position. Osorio could win this World Cup and I think he's gone at the end of this. I I am a firm believer that if Mexico lose this game to Sweden and they end up eliminated, I I actually believe in my heart of hearts that everyone will turn on this man immediately and say he's a fraud, say he never did anything for this national team, glad he's gone, can't believe they ever supported him in the first place, and I promise you it would be like an instant reaction. No one would be talking about how, well, guys, come on, he got pretty unlucky. Nope, there'd be none of that. And, I mean, let's not say this is too unrealistic. This is a Sweden team that... Almost beat Germany and then almost tied Germany. It took a last-minute free-kick goal from Kroos from a weird position. I think the goalie just wasn't ready for it. Um, and yeah, that, that was what a shot, though. I mean, you could yeah. honestly, if you had tried to draw that before the kick was taken, I don't know that you could have like drawn it up any better. No, than how it actually happened. And I think they would have told you you were mad for even trying it from that angle. Like True. That yeah, line. it was a great shot. Um, they, I mean, they got another. They kind of got a scrappy goal. Uh, for Royce scoring uh, off a cross, they kind of got deflected. Um, so Sweden was like, I mean, not not in control, but at one point I was watching that game and I was like, Sweden might win this game. There was a decent chance. So Mexico can't take anything for granted. How many soccer games have you watched in a cap and gown? Uh, just one. <laughs> just okay. that Sweden Germany game. All right, that's fair. I was yeah. able to keep my wits about me when I, those goals went in. I I I'm with you that it's not out of the realm of possibility for Mexico to lose to Sweden. Believe me, I of all people can attest to the fact that Mexico have been very historically good at looking good against good opposition and then turning it around against not so good opposition and not being able to get results when they need to. Now that said, I will say this: number one, after watching South Korea, because I didn't get I didn't get to watch too much of South Korea and uh, Sweden. I did see Mexico and South Korea all the way through, which almost made me late for the graduation that we've been talking about. But, hey, you know, we had to watch the game. Could not watch it. It's our job. It's our it duty. Yeah, well, you know, more than just our duty at that point. It's heritage, man. What else was I going to do on a Saturday morning anyway? Yeah, so South Korea's strategy is brutal. I mean, my God. 
Emmett. What were they doing out there? And then I thought the ref like left his cards at home. I was like, oh, here comes a booking. Nope. Here, oh, here comes a book. I think it was like the thirteenth foul of the game before he finally gave. There one. haven't been a lot of bookings in this tournament. They There's need been... they need to start cracking down on that a little. But, but I can see You're, why. Thirteen because... fouls into the game, Emmett. Thirteen fouls into the game, he finally gives a yellow. You realize that that's not even that many, from what we've seen in this tournament. I've there have been games with like. 20, I'm pretty sure Serbia fouled those, over 20 Those times. were not my team. That's the thing. <laughs> those yeah. were not my team getting fouled. I, I was, I mean, some of those tackles were jail sentences. Oh, my God. Look at with this. I know, but I, I get what you mean. There's, I've seen a lot of fouls where I'm like, that should probably be a yellow. And it's like. I get it. I get it to a certain extent because if you, if you give out yellows too early, teams will blame you later and say, oh, well, we couldn't play our style because you yellow carded the guy too early. Or. You know, it fails to control the situation. I just think at some point you you see that their strategy is okay. So you start keeping mental notes, like okay, that guy, that's the second time that guy's done it. I'm gonna give him a warning because if he does it again, I'm giving him a yellow. I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't have to be that guy. You see one hard tackle from one player, you see another one from the next one. You say, yeah, you know what? You just saw your teammate do that over there like a minute ago. Do you remember the FA Cup game? Not this year, last year between Manchester United and How Chelsea. I'm supposed to remember, remember an FA Cup. Oh my was God. It, it was in the past two weeks. It was a quarterfinal between Manchester United and Chelsea. Do you not remember? I'm supposed to remember. I, okay, do, do you, uh, that was a simple. Just go on with though. it. What, you, what is he trying to get to with this? Okay, so you, Manchester United's strategy in that game, and in pretty much every game in the Jose Mourinho versus Antonio Conte era, has been to attack Eden Hazard as soon as he gets the ball. And I mean, I literally mean attack him. So the referee, very clearly, you could see it on TV, was uh, brought the United players together and said, "The next guy that hits Hazard's getting a yellow." He made it pretty abundantly clear. So what does he do? Uh, Andrew Herrera on a yellow goes and kicks him. The re- and on a pretty innocuous foul gives him a second yellow. And you know, United fans, of course, all up up in arms. And all I could say is the referee told you the next guy that kicks him is getting a yellow. Doesn't matter who it is. I think that's the way to go about things. No nonsense. Because no, the referee with, let I'm, too much to go. I'm totally with you. I, I see why they're letting things go. They know how much of an impact you can get knocked out by cards. It's crazy to think that if you're too loose, that could happen. That being said, the fact they that would very the, clearly the fact it. that all you all you have to do is just clear someone out and just, and just, just stop an attack from ever happening. I don't know how many counterattacks I've seen this tournament where the player just gets pulled back. There's been so much shirt grabbing. Oh, gosh. Give a yellow for it. A shirt grab is an automatic yellow. You're pulling Should someone be. back from going, yellow card. I, I'm, And here's another thing. It doesn't take, what does it take, three yellows and you're suspended for the next game. Is it three? I thought it was just two, to be two? honest with you. E- okay, even, even, even better. Imagine being that ref who you give someone a yellow and then they're suspended, right? You think, oh, maybe it's only kind of innocuous. Give them a yellow. So I see why they're being passive, but um, I'm assuming once we get out of the group stage, they'll be a little bit more strict. I Man, I tell you what, South Korea, I didn't expect that from them at all. So kudos to them, I guess, for catching me off guard because I didn't realize how dirty they wanted to play. The Germany turnaround. Here's the thing. This is the first time in quite some time I think that Germany have faced some real adversity. I might have mentioned this last time, but like you think about the fact that they won the World Cup last time. That buys you a lot of good faith in any in in any job. Doesn't matter even if a high demanding one like Germany buys you some good faith. You add to that the fact that they get eliminated in the European Championships in the semifinals. You can live with that. 
I think nobody's nobody's tearing down the door. You had a lot of people retire from the national team. You got some young blood in they, there. They've had they've had some pretty good decent amount of turnover too. That's what, I, I didn't even think of that. So now they come into this tournament again. The friendlies hadn't been going perfectly. You remember their Saudi Arabia friendly, where Saudi Arabia nearly got to them at the end. They haven't had to face a ton of adversity. So now they lose to Mexico. Suddenly they were a bad result away from being in a very bad position actually they would have been out right they, had they, they lost they would have just been straight out if they lost they would have been out in a tie they would have been in such a tough position that right you would basically assume they'd be out so i think i, I think some credit to, to germany for kind of you know coming out of it for the first again first time in a while that these players have faced that kind of adversity in the national yeah. level and I, I, another thing too credit to them for i mean it has become very clear that mesodozo is not a well-liked man in that camp right now so to be able to take him out of the lineup, number one, shows what Germany is all about. Nobody's bigger than the team, nor should they be. Yeah. And for them to go out and perform the way they did, which not great at times, but still good enough to win. And I, I mean, with ten men, they came out and just and kept attacking. The which game. now I will say, bad on Sweden. You, I mean, they lose a defender, and you're letting them control the ball. I think you gotta, you gotta take it to them a little more than they did at the I, end of that game. But again, credit to Germany, they. Had less men. They go up against a really strong Sweden defense, and they get those two goals. So that, that's the kind of bounce back where if we saw that from Argentina, we'd think, okay, they're still in this. But I think, well, we, we haven't come to seen expect that from, it them. from Germany. Huh? Yeah. I, I'd say we come to expect yeah. it from Germany, to be fair. Had it not happened, I think it'd be more surprising. They have that resolve. So now they put themselves in an excellent position where a win could send them through, um, depending on what happens in that Sweden-Mexico game. I'm expecting. I I think it's gonna be Mexico first, Germany second. I I'm, like that. I like that. I I know you like that a lot. Um, I did pick Sweden to be the surprise team in this group. There's, there's a chance. There's a chance. I mean, Germany. There there are some. Well, here's the thing. Germany and Sweden currently actually have identical, um, identical like tiebreakers. So goal difference, goals for, goals allowed. So if both of them tied. I don't, I don't know where their yellow cards are in fair play stand, but there, there you go. Oh, Another that situation. That red card from Jerome Boateng. Oh, that could, that's, that would be huge. Can you imagine? That's right. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Oh, man. No, not just from the stance that he's not going to be able to play in that game. But now, so I would think that, wow. Yeah, good point. I th- so I think a red card, a straight red is like five. five? Is it five? Yeah, five and then three oh, for a yellow or? One for a yellow, but then for a second yellow, it's one for the yellow and then three for the second one because it's a red, so it's four. I don't. No, see that's the thing. I don't think that's how it works. It may be four, if you get a second yellow and five for a straight red. The reason I say that is because if I remember reading it correctly, it mentioned that a player can only be assigned one number, meaning that it would probably take whichever the worst offense is. So if you've been well, the point is if you're already on a yellow at the point you have one, but then once you get the second yellow, now you're four. Okay. Because it would be the three plus one deal. So you're not. It's not that you have them combined. It's that yeah, your one number now is four. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. But then now Germany is without Boateng. Uh, I think they have some. I think they'll be okay against this Korea team without without Boateng. If being honest, yeah, no kidding. Uh, group F for fire that burns down the whole town because that's what this entire group has been about is burning the opposition to the ground at this point. And I mean, honestly, I think we've seen one group so far that's been a sure thing, and who we know is going through. Everything else is. So up in the air. All right. And with what we've seen, some, anything can happen. Some fun match days it's coming yet up. Yet again, anyone's game, 
Anything can happen. So exciting. Yeah, well, that's the opposite of what we're talking about in Group G with England and Belgium. Uh, let's not let's not just let's not bury the lead here. Tunisia weren't great outside of their second half. Group against... G for get on with it. Get on with it. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. Group get on with it. Look, Tunisia, and then I. It's probably more than Panama. Probably does. Panama are fine. They scored their first goal at the World Cup. You can see how much it meant to all the people with the celebration and the commentary. Good for them. No, really, good for them because that moment. You never know sometimes as a country. You really just don't know. Yeah. If they hadn't scored, you know for a fact that there was no guarantee they'd be back in the next one. So good for them. I'm glad that it happened for them that way. They got to celebrate something. And the game was already out of hand, so it, there might have actually been some joy in that moment because you yeah. you've already accepted the game is long over. I will say this. There's like the talk of, oh, see, the U.S. would never have gotten destroyed like that. And while I would agree with that stance, I'd also like to mention that the U.S., all they had to do was try Trinidad and Tobago, and they couldn't do it. So what is that old saying about the, the glass houses and the bricks and something like that? Stones? I, it's, it's such a ridiculous argument. Yes, the U.S. is a better team than Panama. Yes, the Netherlands is probably a better team, all things considered, than Sweden. If you play a 30-game season, they finish <laughs> higher. Yes. Yes, Chile is probably a better team than Peru, all things considered. But you have to qualify. You just got to do it. There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts. There's qualifying. Is Cameroon better than Tunisia? I, I don't know. We should do that. I mean, if we're going down that route, we have Tunisia right here. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. But Tunisia's on a terrible side. That's true. I mean, I mean listen, Panama and Tunisia are out. Ghana. It does matter when you play these people. If Panama had played Tunisia in the first game, we might be looking at a game here where a win for one of these teams against England or Belgium could mean going through. As it stands, England and Belgium are through on a tie would you know it would be a yellow card situation. England currently in the lead on that one, and and playing each other in this last game too. Again, I I just I want one of these games to come down to something like that because I want I, I so desperately I want to watch the world burn. But more importantly, there have to be like a graphics edition for that, right? Like the like a yellow card counter at the top. Yeah, during the game they're gonna like the no no scoreline. We don't need the scoreline anymore until someone scores a goal. Can you ma- like keep it at zero zero? Have a yellow card. And imagine count. the player not being aware, like or just not even thinking about it, committing a foul late in the game, getting yellow card, and that being the difference. I I have to think that they know going into that'd it. be something Raheem Sterling would do. Get a yellow for like descent. Raheem Sterling. I mean that that would be what a way to. It'd be Kyle Walker. Come on, let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, I don't know. Look, the, both these teams, clearly the best teams in the group. They both scored eight, eight goals. They Their attacks have been impressive. I'm really excited for this. This should be a good one. Even yeah. just even with both teams kind of probably not looking to uh, go all out in that game. At the same time, they also don't have much to lose. Uh, the Again, the difference between finishing first and second in this group will not be all that massive, at least in terms of the round of 16 matchup, when you consider the fact that right now you'd be facing some kind of combination of Japan, Senegal, or Colombia, who we kind of all agree don't have a lot separating them, particularly when we've seen Japan come in and play so well during this yeah, tournament. Yeah, no, I'm with you. That first game isn't going to be a huge difference. Um, but to the other ones. We're going to assume Colombia, though, is the better team in that one, get a little ahead of ourselves and say, okay, they finish first. If you finish second, you play them. And then given what we've kind of set up ahead of ourselves, you'd be then be playing the winner of Mexico and Switzerland. And then one of Spain or Croatia or who would Denmark, have ever thought Uruguay. we'd be talking about Mexico top in a groove. Oh, I can taste the victory. Please don't get out of yourself. I, it's not over. We've already I'm, said that. I'm aware because if it happened, <laughs> oh, I'm going to be so devastated. Uh, I mean, you have no idea <laughs> winning the first two games and not qualifying. No. Honestly, I've seen Maradona cry. I don't want to see any more grown oh, men cry. No, I hope no, they no. go through. 
Yeah. Um, but so on the other side, if you do finish first in that group, you face the second place team from Group H, and then you likely have the winner of Brazil, Germany, and then one of France, Portugal, Argentina, Russia. From what we've set out, of course, that's not guaranteed to be what it is, but we are laying out that that one half of the of the knockout bracket. Is... Yeah, there's no way out of it for Mexico though. They have to if they finish second, they'd end up in the game with against Brazil. Yeah, if they so... win that group. That's not exciting. That's not fun. I'd ra- look. The, the whole goal here is Mexico needs to play in a quarterfinal. <laughs> that's it. If they get there, I say we call it a win. You're rooting for Mexico to win the group, and then for for Brazil to also win their group. Yeah, no kidding. If because if Mexico get Brazil, even after winning the group, that would be such a shame. <laughs> That'd be such a shame. So uh, just straight up, who do you think is going to take that game between England and Belgium? Or are we going for a three-three draw? I I think it's going to be a one-one draw. Oh, I I. Yes. I Any do, kind of draw gets us to that yellow card scenario, and I'm all for it. I I know it's ridiculous to think about, but I don't see this England team overextending themselves. I can see Belgium being very, very wary of overextending themselves, but I also see them being, you know, tough to not with that formation they play with how attacking it is. Hey, the two, three, five, two is going at it, basically. I'm, a, I'm assuming Belgium's going to take the game to England. I think this is a team that doesn't care who they play. They don't care if they lose this game from getting counterattacked. They're going to go into the groups. They're going to the out of the group stage, into the knockout stage, confident, and assuming they can take on anyone. So, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to put out there. I think Belgium's going to be the better team, but I think it might be a draw. Sounds good to me. And finally, we're on to Group H. Group H for Honda, Kisuke Honda, more specifically. That's the best you come up with, Group H. I was going to say who. But that that's a W. I'll that, give it to you. That's not only is that a W, but Group How, maybe. Group How. How on earth is Japan number one through two match days? Japan with four points, Senegal with four. Oh, another group. I, I didn't even realize it because it just happened today. We have a group where Japan and Senegal have the same amount of goals for, goals allowed, goal difference, and points. More watching the world burn as we get into it. Now, this one seems a little more unlikely based on the fact that Senegal and Colombia are going to play each other. And then Japan and Poland. Poland. I, I, you and I talked about it before the show started. Like, where do they rank among worst pot one teams ever? But apparently, <laughs> a pot one team crashing out in the group stage spectacularly isn't all that uncommon. We were, I was going to mention that um, Germany needs to keep on the tradition of uh, World Cup winners dropping out. We saw that with Spain in the 2014 World Cup, dropped out of the group stage. Before that, Italy in 2010, after winning their World Cup, uh, dropped out of the in the uh, group stage. So yeah, it's actually uh, they showed a graphic. I think you made it today or yesterday. They mentioned that like the last six World Cup winners have had awful tournaments where I think the best results have been like a quarterfinal appearance, and it might have been by Brazil. Yeah, so uh, Poland definitely not. But I think what Poland has going for them is all those other teams were just failed miserably and were much better teams or considered so. This is a Poland team that everyone was like, "How are they pot one going into it?" Yeah. And now we're saying, "Yeah." Uh, maybe they aren't. That was ambitious. Know. That was an ambitious ranking for them. I I did think that they were going to have the fortitude and the defensive wherewithal to grind out some one nothing victories. I was wrong. Ugh. Uh, they are out and they deserve to be out because they have looked toothless. They looked awful uh, today, especially against Colombia. They really yeah. just got they got the they got taken out to the woodshed on that one. And you asked, I do want to bring it back. How Japan is more tied for first in this group? but listed as the first-place team, it's because Colombia got a red card 
in the uh, in the third minute of that game against them. That is the only reason they are up there. But a good draw against Senegal today. So believe it or not, my uh, my world is still my prediction for this group is still possible. Poland could just beat Japan, and then uh, Colombia could beat Senegal, and Senegal could just finish ahead of Japan on goal difference. I wouldn't mind that at all. Uh, the only thing I will say, is, I gotta say, I feel if I will feel bad for Senegal if they can't make it through the year because I, they have been very imp- I think they've been so good going forward they, they've opened themselves up to attack in the back to a detriment to a certain extent so I, I guess I can't be too upset if they don't make it they, they will have only themselves to blame in that sense but going forward today I saw a lot more of Sadio Mane than I did in the first game and that's encouraging for them going forward because I think they can legitimately hang with anybody they get in that next game I think England and Belgium will be a little bit weary of whoever they get here because you know Colombia if we assume they're going through they may have just figured it out, and boy, you didn't, you not, you did not want to face Colombia if they figured it out. Because if they figure it out, they have a lot of good attacking players, and their defense isn't too shabby either, with some um, yeah. great players in them in that back line. And not to mention the fact that Falcao finally scored at the World Cup. So good, good for Falcao. One of those people that definitely deserved one, yeah. and would have felt a little incomplete if he never got to score at it. And this is a Colombia team that's, I, I think, stronger than their last World Cup, where they made it to the quarterfinals. More uh, experienced, for sure. James is looking absolutely fantastic. And again, didn't really play in that Japan game, so that's why we're seeing Japan where they are. Um, so they finally have Falcao up top with James. Um, and then just everywhere else, they've just looked stronger. I mean, Quadrado maybe isn't as electric as he used to be. But, yeah, but today he made that great run. Oh, first of all, a fantastic pass from James, who you were just talking about, but then that great run in behind where he has the pace to keep in front of his defender and then still slots it away. So his yeah. finishing has always never been all that great, but there he put it away. So and still been a, so He's still great for Colombia. I think in the past he's been uh, just outstanding. He's still great. I don't think I'd put him up there with his last time. But other than that, across the board, this is a stronger team. Uh, Yeri Mina and Davidson Sanchez in the back are young, but much stronger than like Christian Zapata. Where else they've been throwing out there? So. <laughs> Ospina in today's game, nearly getting injured with all their subs having been used. And I'm like, oh, here we go, finally. Who is the emergency keeper? It's always the shortest person in the field. <laughs> um, so this is a Colombia team that I, is, is, I think has some scary potential. Unfortunately for Senegal, they're just kind of finding their mojo. Um, I don't think we've seen that many teams do that where they're you, you see them kind of developing along the way and getting better and better as each game goes on and each game progresses into the next game. Um, so from minute one to the first game to minute 90 of this last one. I will say this. Uh, J- Colombia do have one advantage. Their goal difference is actually better than that of Japan's. So if Colombia draw and Japan lose... Colombia are actually through. So Colombia do have that going for them. It's not like a lot of the other scenarios where we've been talking about where they're going to need some extra help either with some goal difference or having to score some more goals themselves. That's still a pretty big... That's not great. They, they still need they, Poland's their destiny, help. Their destiny is in their own hands, though. They can beat Senegal and be in. So Colombia doesn't have to worry about it, but it's not the worst fallback in the world to be able to draw and still get through. Yeah, but I think what, I, what I'm really loving about this group is... Actually, come to think of... Oh, never mind. No, that doesn't no. add up. Um, what I'm loving about this group is whoever goes through is is been fun and exciting to watch. I mean, every other group we're looking at, there's at least one team that's defensive, kind of you know, been like like just kind of going through despite themselves. So like Argentina, they might <laughs> well, go in despite themselves. Remember, remember back in December when we were asked who the group of death was, and I ran immediately to Group H, and you scoffed at me, 
and you I laughed still, in my I face. I still do. There's there's no dominant team here. I'm just saying Poland win their next game, and this the numbers here are going to look real good. Yeah, we don't need a dominant team. It's a group of death. Everybody That's, can win it. No, it's again, we've mentioned this before. This is more of a group of life. Ah, whatever. A group of life is anyone can win it. A group of death is... Nobody can win it? What? Nobody <laughs> can win. No, oh, but like... Okay. Uh, I mean, honestly, look at the group of death in the 2014 World Cup. Yeah. Nobody won because Costa Rica came out oh, over a year ago. I was just going to say, you, you mean the U.S., Portugal, Germany, and Ghana? Yeah, that was great. That wasn't the group of death. That was nonsense. <laughs> it was... Hey, it looked good. Yeah, well, you I mean, it's, it's the group of death if you think the U.S. is a good team. <laughs> or Ghana, because Ghana kind of was... I think Ghana kind of got the reputation here in the U.S. anyway because of their exploits at knocking out the U.S., but the reality was that Ghana team was past it already. Yeah, sort of in a similar position where we find Costa Rica now where their best years were already behind them and we'd already seen the best of them at the World Cup, and now we see Ghana not even here at this one. So clearly a lot of parallels. I look forward to previewing the 2022 World Cup where I again get to bring up the fact that Ghana and Costa Rica have a lot in common. Yeah, and there's always going to be a team like that. But yeah. group of death, I still don't think this is a group of death. Yeah, yeah, the fact that you're pot one team De- is, group and H pot- for death <laughs> like an extra pronunciation <laughs> on the H uh, I just think a, a, a pot a group where your pot one team isn't getting knocked out because every other team's been good but because they have been legitimately pot three quality at uh, best means it's tough for me to give that this yeah a, yeah whatever but it's been fun to Fair watch enough. yeah every, for sure every team but Poland so every team who has a chance to qualify has been fun uh, and attacking and is what we want to see in, a, in you know in the World Cup. All right, well we made it. That means one last set of match days to go before the knockout stages comes, which means probably be back Friday, right? Yeah, we'll be back. For well, f- there's no game Friday. That's there's actually for the first day for like the last two weeks there will be no games on Friday, which will be kind of upsetting. But uh, I mean, couldn't play every day forever, right? Uh, you'd be surprised. Maybe there's some MLS that day that we can catch up on. Uh, there, there isn't. Ugh. But anyway, um, it's, it, it's been a fun group stage. Um, I we'll see Enjoyed how we'll, we'll be back next time. We'll talk about who uh, who's had the better predictions and how far off we were. Um, That's exciting. Always exciting. I I hope I can even get like a sound clip of, of one of us saying something horribly egregious. That'd be funny. Peru is going to win the group. Well, oh, yeah. Well, that yeah, one's looking real good right now, now. Emmett. Well, I did say that had <laughs> one team was going to fail horribly. It looks like Argentina might be that one. Anyway, that's uh, until next time, we will we'll have these uh, great uh, humiliating clips. Yeah, especially since we've passed the hour mark. Nobody, according to the, according to the analytics, nobody's listening anymore. So it's fine. Yeah, so I mean, you know, we can be talking about anything, but we can talk about I'll, I'll wrap it up because uh, in case you are still listening, maybe you're hoping that this is, <laughs> maybe this is gonna end sometime soon. Maybe you're, maybe we're waiting for the American baseball show to start. I don't know. Yeah, they're on after us. Darren Zaslow and Jake Reitman and who else likes baseball? Everyone. I don't, I don't think that, a don't, lot of people like baseball. Who I think you'd say Rose, but anyway, that's all the time we have on the American Soccer Show. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Right. Download, don't listen. Is that what you want? <laughs> well, no, 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 no. That's a good one. Download, don't listen. That's good. But more importantly, the Google Podcast app launched last week, and we are a founding member. We founded it. No, 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 we no, are no, no, basically no. We... the James Madison, the short, <laughs> basically under five foot founding father, but that that's, is very loud. That's not where I was going with this, but okay. Um, <laughs> all right. He's a short it. man is all I'm getting at. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Don't forget to subscribe to us on the Google podcast store as well. Uh, that's what? not a store. It's an app. What the hell? Hey. <laughs> what, what are we talking about? Okay. We're signing off. It's 
Emmett McConnell alongside Eric Alcantara. We hope you enjoyed our group previews and now our group recaps. Stick around next week as we look into the knockout stage of the 2018 World Cup. Signing off.